Isaac, you need to shut that door too. Shut the door. So for the listeners who don't know, uh, where my office is, like it's a pass through to get to my son's room. So he just kind of came yeah. through the door. It's a hall. It's, lessons, so. it's a hallway. <laughs> <laughs> Brian's a office is a hallway. It's a hallway. <laughs> it's a hall. It's a hallway. Okay. Literally a hallway. Upgraded. Yeah. And you just heard the door shut. So it just works go. good it's though. Good. It works good though. It's a good space. It works for you good. Cause, cause yeah, I have to make it work. Cause this is where, <laughs> this is where you were Absolutely. relegated to for listeners that don't know. Brian used to be in his bedroom recording and his wife said, get out of the bedroom. So this is where kind yep. of like <laughs> you've got to record now. <laughs> I mean, I get to stay in the bedroom for sleeping, but yeah, you know, for working. No. Yeah. yeah. For so work, kind of like for work. She's like, I really would like you out of the bedroom. And I get that. Cause you kind of yeah. need a, you need a little like respite area. That's not, you know, worky work. She said the same thing. I think you two are no. in cahoots together. I think that's what it is. Not really. You just think a lot of life. I think <laughs> we had yeah. s- kind of similar lives growing up. You know, and I and uh, yeah, not like super similar, but similar enough to where I I kind of understand her a little bit. I think she understands me a little bit. So it's like with oh, that kind of yeah. like as we've gotten to know each other over the years more i think it's just kind of like oh yeah that's cool that was like that too you know yeah Yeah, your family's crazy too okay you know everyone's crazy (laughs) it's this flavor of crazy it's not yeah right yeah no so these this episode right here you know um i think the more and more that i have focused time on working on something these these recharge times are highly important because I just talked to a friend. Now, this is still like a, re- a recorded episode, but this is not. Josh and I have planned this amazing episode for you. And over no. the next 20 minutes, you too shall learn our knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we will knowledge transfer this awesomeness. These are episodes are just our off the cuff talks. And I know we talk about this every unepisode because I listen to them as I'm editing them. And we say the same thing at the beginning. Uh, we love these episodes because they're unstructured. They're also a creative recharge for us. And we never used to record them, but we do now because, first of all, they're they're quite popular with people. I think they like just hearing us kind of riff on stuff. Also, the cadence is different, and we're just not so structured. And I think sometimes that just is helpful. Totally. I'm watching this Asian beetle swing around my head right now. <laughs> One landed on my face when we were recording the previous episode. <laughs> Is it bad that, like, when I hear Asian Beatles, I think of, like, the Fab Four, but, like, Korean, and they are, like, they're, like, a K-pop <laughs> band called the Asian Beatles? <laughs> it's not bad. I, I think it's I just guess. the context for what you, which you are thinking of it, you know? Yes. Well, maybe there is a future for the Asian Beatles. We'll have to see. Just not as, not as like an actual insect in my house. I really don't want anything to do with them in my house. Yeah, you guys They're have those in Nashville area. We don't really have them down here in Florida. So uh, no, everything else know, that has, honest... has killed everything else for that, you know? Yeah, that's true. Honestly, I, I called them like imposter ladybugs for a long time just because Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know what they were. It's like, oh, right. it's not a ladybug? No, it's an Asian beetle. I'm like, oh, there's a difference. And if you look at it close, like there's actually a color difference. So I wonder if it's more like analogous to like a honeybee and a killer quote-unquote killer bee they're pretty much the same but they do something different uh or they do it the same but not as efficient (laughs) you know 
Yeah, I mean, like, what what do ladybugs actually do? You know, I've I've seen shows like I don't actually know from, what ladybugs do, Josh. Well, from my understanding, is they're kind of like predatory bugs that kill aphids, and so they eat a lot of pests on plants that are good for the plant. So do that's they why eat farmers Asian beetles, Josh. <laughs> See, that's what I'm wondering. That, that that's honestly what I'm wondering. Like, because like a honeybee and a quote unquote killer bee are the same thing, just genetically different, in that the honeybee is more efficient at pollen collecting than the killer bee. And I think it's the aggressive nature of the bee. But you can't tell the difference by looking at them. You have to, it's literally a genetic difference. Hmm. It's mm-hmm. like the South Pole elves. You know, they're angry and mean. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the North Pole elves are just oh. chill and calm, you know? They. So now there's also, it's called Asian lady beetles. I'm looking now. See, now this is getting interesting because now I'm picturing like a, like a black pink type of group. <laughs> the, the Asian lady be- This is going to be a thing. You watch it like Brian yeah. Shun now presents the Asian beetles. Right. We're going to do it, folks. We're going to get the but Asian see, what's to present now- the Asian beetles. That's just how we're going to do it now. <laughs> <laughs> it's very meta right there. Uh, you know, I'll have to look at it. I see a lot of pictures of things, but it's not really telling me a whole lot about it. You think? I guess I could look on Wikipedia, but I won't do that right now. Uh, you know, honestly, I didn't fully understand the great nature of insects and the ways that some are like good to have around and not have around. Sure. Till I really moved to my current place. So I've been in this place for four years, and I live on, uh, I have the privilege of living on somebody else's 300 acres. <laughs> Put it that way. Right. It's in a house. Beautiful, yeah. like, in a house, yeah, in a house, not in a van down by the river, in a house. Yeah, not in a tent, and it's really close anything. to town. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a it's a family farm where it's there's farming ish type of things that happen, but it's not really them doing it anymore. Yeah, there's a rancher that rents the land and does things, and this guy rents cows out for a living. Now, when somebody told me that, I thought, yeah, right. They're like, yeah, no, he rents like you cows. rent the land for the cows, right? No, I I rent the cows. He rents the cows. Oh. These are the roping steers in rodeos. Right. And what I found out is that there's a lot of people in the rodeo that don't actually like have great financial planning or like, you know, different things in their lives, you know. And so they can afford, they actually rent the cow to practice, to get ready for rodeo season. But I, I say financial, but I shouldn't, I should back that up. What, what they don't have is like the large acreage to be able right. to support these animals. An animal. Right. Sure. And so... What happens is like the people that do can support the animals and it's actually more economical for them to rent an animal to be able to go and then practice their roping. So I learned that there's like basically three different kinds of classes of roping steers. There's your like young ones. There's like your, so like the young inexperienced. Then there's like your medium steer and then there's like your old experienced one. The young ones are really hard to control because they haven't quite learned the routine about what happens in a rodeo thing. So they're actually more difficult to do, but they also may not do what you need them to do in order to have a contest. Then there's like the, the biggest demand is like the middle group, which has enough experience to know like, okay, at some point I'm going to be roped and we're going to have to fall down and be tied (laughs) up, but I'm still vigorous enough to like put up a good show. And then apparently there's like the old tired ones that are really good for beginners because they basically almost fall down on their own. So, They're like, yeah, yeah, I'll just know what this is all about now. <laughs> yeah. Depending on the, the type of uh, steer you get, it's like a different price, I think. And then like if the the like the steer like dies, like there's like a fee. 
or something like, it's really crazy anyway you can rent cows for a living folks if you ever wondered how i can i make money <laughs> renting cows out hey if you got the land if you got the land to support the animal i mean there's yep there's a market for literally almost anything right brian like yeah stuff i never even thought about like that's something i never thought about i thought well I never even, I mean, I used to watch rodeos when I was young. Like, my grandparents were really into them. And so we would watch, like, on, especially on TV, they had them on cable and the rodeo. And it was like, I never even thought, like, where did they get these steers from? I just thought, like, oh, they just show up or they're there, you know? I never thought it was like this whole economy of steers to the rodeo. But it is. Because, I mean, it makes sense now that I'm older. I'm like, well, yeah, of course. Somebody has to breed the animal, and it's not the cowboys that are on them because they always look really angry when they're on them. So they must not know them, right? <laughs> you know. And yeah, there's a bunch of other like, things they do to make them angry, but you know, we'll we'll end that there. Just go watch a rodeo. <laughs> <laughs> go watch a rodeo. It is actually really entertaining to watch. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of athleticism for it. So okay, here's a here's the transition. Now this is why I love these on episodes. So. I learned that Ariat, A-R-I-A-T, it's a boot company, okay? So they make work boots, they make cowboy boots and everything. And uh, I have a pair of Ariats, and Josh knows what these things look like. And they're in, my, they're in my closet. They are one of the most comfortable pairs of footwear that I own. Now, and I've had them for quite a while. Here's the story of Ariat from what a shopkeeper told me when I was shopping for boots. This lady told me that Ariat started by two former executives from the sneaker industry. And why they decided to start Ariat was that they saw a need in the equestrian athlete division, or in like the world, because a lot of cowboy boots use traditional materials like leather and wood and those type right. of things to make a boot. But when you're talking about performance footwear as an athlete, when you have to climb and work and do things, they weren't really well suited for it. And these boots are expensive if you buy a nice pair of cowboy boots. Now, Ariat, what they did is they brought sneaker technology and put it into boots. So it's ah, like, here's a okay. shock-absorbing insole. Here, here's a comfortable Here, boot, basically. Yeah. Here's a synthetic uh, sole that actually is acid-resistant because manure is full oh, of acid and it yep. can erode natural materials. I'm like, well, how about that? You never, I never would have thought about that. But some people saw there's a need here and they went there. And that's, look, folks, that's a lot of great businesses. Like I see a need, there's pain. How can I f- help the pain or how can I meet the need? Yeah. There Work backwards, right? Let's figure out the need and then figure out the product. Like if I have this, how do I get that service, right? How do I make this thing happen? That's that's a lot of things. I mean, I, I would I, think I, about I, half the businesses are that, right? I mean, they got to be. Well, that's most of them. I mean, like, so yeah. when you start to look at unicorns like like Apple or, or something like that, right? Oftentimes, most businesses are like what you kind of know with a twist. I, I mean, really, like if you think about restaurants, I mean, everybody knows I'm going to go there, get some kind of food. And sometimes it's like this is the wildest concept since whatever to your market. But oftentimes, like going, here's how we do burgers. Here's how we do whatever. And there's always yep. that little bitty thing that makes them different, but you kind of understand the format. And there's a lot of successful businesses that do that because there's no education to the consumer about what it really is. It just, you understand it. It's like, if you really love this, then you're really going to love 
this other product over here because it serves this need. Yeah, you're, you're now, not spending your time explaining. It's just like already understood. Right. So when you have um, new products or new even business ideas or design, um, there was a, a, a very... Let me back up. Blah, 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 blah. Well, maybe don't back up. This is an episode. This is. Well, I still will cut this <laughs> part a, out. <laughs> thank you. There's no, an no, audio no, no, engineer no. Yeah. that I talked to. He used to work for Apple. And his whole approach to design is not designing, uh, let's look at the market and do these five things and make sure we got it. It's like, does that actually meet the need of the consumer? Right. Because if it don't, then <laughs> The consumer ain't going to buy that. it. Or if yeah. they do, the few you have that buy it will say, oh, this is way bloated. I always think like software engineers and people that engineer, they engineer to over-engineer things. And 90% of the products that come to market could probably be less and they could refresh them or add things to a later model. As long as it's a good concept, people are going to buy it. I mean, look at like your iPhone or iPad. It was the first of it was great, right? Now, they just iterate on those year after year. Yeah, it's a little better camera. Yeah, we're doing the same thing this other guy's doing. We did it three years later, blah, 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 whatever. But it's just taking that concept and iterating again and again. Now, not everything can be like that, obviously. But this, that the cowboy boot idea is a great idea because they took a known product. Totally just said, let's infuse this technology of sneakers in there. And we're going to make this awesome boot. And it looks like a boot. Feels like a sneaker, and it has and it lasts longer yeah. because it's got the technology, right? And they probably haven't changed yep. it that much since they made it, but they probably made it a little cheaper to make or a little more expensive, or they fix some things, you know. But I mean, it's just amazing, like when you think about it, because they're doing the work. Like, they're, does it doesn't meet the need, yeah, but it meets it superior, right? It's a superior need. Yeah, it's meeting. See. That's where human beings still, even in the world of AI and everything else, is the, the be able to see the insights and close the gap with wisdom. Like that is not the job of AI. AI can, at least AI as it exists today, right. crunches through a whole lot of data, a whole lot of things, but it still doesn't provide the insight. The human being is doing that. And then when you see like this point over way on the left of the graph and then this other point way over here on the right of the graph, which shouldn't make sense, you go, aha. That's how that together. works together. And that's innovation, folks. That It sounds like, well, yeah, isn't that how it works? It's like, but you have to understand, like, a lot of the world thinks that it's, you just have to keep doing the same thing again and again. But that's not how, and because computers actually run a lot of our lives, right? So maybe that's why people think, like, well, it should just be this yeah. way of doing it. Why can't I get to the answer? It's because that construct of technology should never inform the constraints on your curiosity or your creativity. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's kind of a no-brainer, right? But that is, that's the way forward, right? That's the way forward, like, for us and technology to kind of work together. Because the AI is great at crunching stuff. Like, at least when we're talking now, like, twenty end of 2021 or so, AI is great at crunching stuff, just taking raw data. And it'll in, input stuff, but it's not good at... Like uh, there's a line in Star Trek that always gets me. I'm I'm super impressed with computers' ability to take orders, but I've never been as impressed with their their ways of creatively giving them. Right? They lack the creative <laughs> mind, like the creative thing right now, and they're not 
alive. You know, they're not people. They're not, they, they just can't do what we can do. And I mean, I remember when we were kids, Brian, they were talking about AI. They said, well, AI will never be able to move its arm in like a sweeping motion because that just takes too much processing of the human brain. Like you don't understand. And now they've got AI that can do that. I'm not mm-hmm. saying we'll never get to the point where AI won't be able to think for itself. But I also think what we have to remember what makes us uniquely human and what makes AI AI and maybe not try to lose that into the whole mix. Because once it hits a certain point, it might be able to think, but it might just be like a two-year-old thinking and it might not really understand the consequences. So I think making sure that it's like not in control of things that like, would you give your two year old the wheel? You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Of like the maybe we should control sequence. Oh. Maybe we shouldn't do that. Like watch war games, watch some of those old movies. Mel and I just watch war games actually. And, uh, I was like, oh, this is why we need to slow down. You know, <laughs> and that's exactly. a movie from like 1983, you know? Oh my gosh. But that's the kind of thing I think about. It's the kind of thing I wake up sometimes and I'm like, oh, like a cold sweat. Be like, oh, it didn't actually happen. Like, there's not a Terminator here waiting to take me out. You know? <laughs> you watch too many movies, man. <laughs> I do, man. I do. I do. Honestly do. But I just watch way too much stuff. Like, too much of the dystopian type stuff. You know, if you if we <laughs> you get a you get advanced in years, Josh, and you start spouting stuff off, I'm gonna have to remind you <laughs> that was a movie <laughs> that you saw one day. Maybe the AI, the our AI overlords, our AI overlords will tell me that's just a movie. Don't worry about it. <laughs> sure, Grandpa, oh, let's get you back. The chip in my to head bed. told me that it was. Yeah, yeah exactly. sure, Grandpa, let's get you back to bed. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. At least I hope the AI will take care of us like that instead of just exterminate us. Like, let us live our natural lives to the end, at least. You know? I mean, it's the yeah. least you could do. <laughs> That's part of what makes us human. Right. There's whole other shows about that, too, about what defines your humanity. You know, is it because, uh, you know, is it your memories? Is it your mind, your will, your emotions, your spirit? All the, you know, what you're doing, what you will do, what you've done. The limited time that you have is part of it. I mean, yeah. I mean, we know we're not going to be here forever. Even though we think like, oh, I'll be here forever, blah, blah, blah. But you're not, you know. I honestly, you know, if you look at uh, the the birth to death cycle as a gift, it's a finite amount of time. Yeah. Not everything's an option. It is a gift because, and and we've talked about that, Brian, like it puts a constraint. (laughs) I mean, when you think about it, it's... It's the ultimate constraint. I've got this amount, but the problem is, and it's not a problem per se, but you don't know. Like if like if you were born and you said, ah, you're going to live to 87 and a half, you know, and oh, you're going to live to this year or you, then you would kind of like, okay, but that's the gift. That's also the gift is that you don't know. So you, you should live hopefully every day, not like it's your last, but Every day that as a gift, that every day is a gift. And the people you meet along the way on this journey is pretty awesome, right? Like, I always think that. Like, when I meet somebody, I'll like say, hey, have a good life. I'll see you later. Maybe. Probably not. 
you know, <laughs> I'm on a plane or something. I'll say to the I'll say to the flight attendant, "Have a great life," and they're like, "Uh, yeah, good morning or whatever." And I'm just like, "Oh," because I'll never see them again. Let's get realistic. I'm never going to see that person again. So I mean, so I'm like, okay, but that's like I had somebody tell me that once when I was I was growing up. Oh, have a great life. And I was like, oh, yeah, you too. And then found out that they died like um, like a year, 10 years later, and I'll never meet them again. You know, I'm like, oh, okay. Well, hopefully they live their life good. But that's kind of a good way to look at it. Like, be the good person because, you know, you just don't know. That's the way yeah. I look at it. It's some of the things where you don't even realize that you impacted somebody. Right. And I'll be honest, there have been times when people have come to me, so you remember when you did this and... Nope. <laughs> Look, folks, I have I have a good memory, and I but I'm like I, I'm nope. sorry, I don't like. No. Could you help me understand? And you this might be like, Yeah, great, I do remember. <laughs> <laughs> could you remind me again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Just jog the old memory here. I don't yeah. want to tap into my AI's sub processor chip in my mind. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, that happens. You know, when that actually happened to me was at our reunion, our last reunion we went to, Brian, where. Um, I won't say her name, but she was talking to me and I've talked to her on social media a couple of times and she said, I'm really thankful that you did that and blah, blah, blah. And you were talking and I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, it sounded like something I would do. So I really, real, I really <laughs> thought that I did do it, but I didn't remember, but I wasn't going to like rain on the parade and say, well, I don't remember that because to her that was impactful. And so it yeah. it really did make me kind of like step back and think like, even when I say something, like even in just kind of like jest, that it can actually have a lot of meaning for people. And I joke mm-hmm. around a lot. I'm like kind of, I'm just more of, I'm very self-deprecating, like kind of all the time. And so I always joke around about that kind of stuff. And people are like, you know, I'm really worried about you. Or I don't like when you do that. I'm like, you know, I'm just joking around. They're jokes, people. Calm down, you know. But I understand, though, now that that actually impacts people sometimes. So I'm like, oh, it maybe does. I shouldn't actually do that, you know, or should I do it more no. just to mess with them? I don't know. And so, <laughs> <laughs> but no, most of the time I am more aware and I think that makes you aware and you're just like, okay, so what I say matters, you know? Yeah. I, I've, I've stopped trying to years ago, spend the emotional energy to actually figure out what people mean. Right. Rather than this, them just saying what they mean, you know? And so, like, you can learn cadences of people. But, you know, in my life years ago, and Josh remembers this, Brian, I used to be probably one of the most sarcastic, cunning people that I knew. And I kind of prided myself in it because it, it was like a, a twisted use of intellect to be able to kind of, like, jab somebody. Oh, right I there. got you. Yeah. 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 But it cost me more in relationship. And, you know, was there was somewhere in there, deep down, there was, like, a root of bitterness that was, like, trying to spring up. And I was taking it out on other people with those comments. Right. So I made a comment to go like, you know what? Like if I say like, I hate you, I'm not going to mean I love you. It's going to mean I hate you. Or I'm going to say, if I love you, I mean, I, I mean it. It's kind of a joke in my family where I say, love you, mean it. And we really do mean it. I don't say love you just randomly to people like out right. in the open space. I love you. Like man. the people Josh says goodbye to on the plane. <laughs> I don't say I love you as I leave the plane, right. but it's um, anyway, words do matter. And maybe we should cease our words now to, <laughs> Yeah, we'll wrap up the episode. yeah, we'll wrap up the episode. But that is a good takeaway from this whole thing that words matter. Watch out for AI, and uh, 
to see you next time. And rent cows out or find another way to make a living that doesn't... Uh, yeah, non-traditional way ways it. to make a living work. Mm-hmm. All right, folks, go out and have an adventure. <laughs>